Welcome to Buffy Virgin, a spoiler-free Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast. We're going to be reuniting with our exes because it's Season 6, Episode 15, As You Were. I'm your host, cartoonist Dennis St. John. Why don't the rest of you guys introduce yourselves? My name is Travis, and uh, you may call me The Doctor, and I definitely do not have demon eggs in my house ready to hatch. I, I don't have that, so, so don't come over, guys. Uh, my name is John, and I'm really disappointed that uh, I don't get to come over for the uh, demon egg party at uh, the doctor's house. My name is Michael. I'm the Virgin. I've only seen Buffy up to season six, episode 15, as you were, and I'm just holding some eggs for a friend. <laughs> They're just there for a friend. It's East- He'll come by any minute. <laughs> it's the Easter hunt from hell. Um, but before we explain what that joke is about, let's do reactions to once more feeling. And we're going to start with um, Unrelated Coma. Uh, John, why don't you read that? All right. Xander has trepidation about the impending wedding, and he happened to read about a demon that reveals secrets through songs. So his cold feet drives him to summon the demon so he can find out how Anya feels, but he doesn't wear the amulet that signifies he summoned it. Maybe he was just being lazy about following the rules. Since Dawn is in klepto mode, when she sees the amulet and has no idea what's going on with it, she steals it and unintentionally becomes the target of the demon's price, becoming his bride. Once it's all revealed, though, Sweet decides to waive the price because he doesn't want Xander. It's uh, just a confluence of personal stories prior to the start of the episode, Xander's cold feet and Dawn's kleptomania that end up intertwining because they are both secrets and there was no way for anyone else to intervene and avoid what happens as a result. The whole episode is essentially chickens coming home to roost for these two secrets (laughs) that Xander and Dawn aren't reaching out for help with. Yeah, I I don't think that that was, uh, I feel like that's, yeah, that's the fairly clear uh, interpretation of what happens in that episode. Although I think it does leave a little bit of room for interpretation if you want to believe that something else happened. Yeah, I mean, I think we were mostly just throwing out, like, what ifs. Yeah. Um, but also, I will defend, if you have to explain, if you have to spend two whole paragraphs explaining what happens, then it isn't not confusing. I mean, the answer to all of this is, you know, like, what is the uh, explanation for why the musical episodes happens? The answer is no one cares. You get the musical episode, you enjoy it. You move that's, on. That's all. Yeah. No one cares what the mechanics of it are. Well, I appreciate this comment because I feel enlightened. I feel like oh, I actually okay. understand. I This was not getting through to me about the, the cause of the music. Okay. Uh, Mike, why don't you read the next one? From Ribby? From Ribby, yeah. I think there was one line a couple episodes ago where Giles gave Buffy money that led to the Standing in the Way song. Buffy, But I agree it felt kind of wrong. I think the idea is supposed to be that Giles is concerned that resurrected Buffy doesn't feel tied to the world, and if he's there to do the adult bits for her, she's even less, less likely to snap out of it. Which is why in his next song he says, Is my Slayer too far gone to care? Cool. Yeah, thank you, Ruby. Uh, Travis, why don't you read Ivana's uh, note? Okay, Ivana Klitsch. Uh, I just finished season second season of The Order, and James Marster is uh, there in two episodes. And because... Uh, this is series is like a parody uh, of all the teenage paranormal dramas. Um, what, what could happen if you had some teenagers with magic and werewolf powers? Probably it's not very good. Um, people die in this college and university just like in Sunnydale High School and no one seems to care there either. <laughs> it's a great and funny series. I wish they, give, they gave us more, but it's Netflix and it's also a pandemic. Um, I, I agree with you. I watched season one of The Order. My friend, one of my work friends, really enjoys The Order, um, <clears throat> and I liked the 
I like I like a lot about a lot of a lot about it, and I'm watching season two of The Order as well because I want to see James Marsters act. Sorry, I walked away. Oh, oh, they also said. Also, I accidentally watched You Might Be the Killer and Bang. Allison uh, Allison Hannigan is in the movie, and her role is talking on the phone, walking and sitting, but it's still fun. (laughs) Okay, cool, cool. And I think the other guy in You Might Be the Killer is from Dollhouse, so another Mm. Whedon alum. Why don't we do reactions for Season 6, Episode 14, Older and Far Away? Sagov9 says, wait, you didn't resolve the Spike saves Buffy's life prediction and once more with feeling when he interrupted her suicide dance. That is a really good point, Sagov9. We uh, might have to talk about that when we get to predictions today. Yeah, I guess we missed that. (laughs) Sinedra says, yay, you're back. Was wondering where you were. Edit six minutes in, and I feel bad now about the above comment. What happened six minutes in? Uh, That's when we were like, hey, we're going to... We've still been recording. That's when we described like uh, what's been going on in the pandemic, and we did the re- next set of reactions. Okay. In, in technical terms, we guilt trip the audience at six minutes. <laughs> you yes. don't have to feel. You don't have to feel bad. Uh, I'm glad that. I am glad that you are glad we're back. Uh, Travis, uh, can you decode this next one? Yeah, Aaron Broderick um, asks Buffy Virgin Pod on Twitter. Have you checked out the Nevers episode one yet? And they're, they're, they apparently are very, in, very interested in the show. And I haven't seen The Nevers yet, but I do plan on watching it and checking it out. Cool. Yeah, I've watched yeah. the first two episodes. We'll probably watch the third when it comes out. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested so far. It's got me hooked with its mystery. I did. This is a weird thing. I like um, watched one of the behind the scenes. And, you know, it's like they interview Jane Espenson, which is cool. And they interview like the guys doing the effects, but they never mentioned Joss Whedon directly. Like the effects guys are like, and then the director can do this. It's It's a weird kind of like erasure of somebody, right? Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, definitely planning on watching it. I thought I was going to wait till it's all through, but if people are interested, we could watch it sooner, I guess, and then give some feedback or give our thoughts. Maybe we should watch it sooner then. Yeah, maybe we can uh, talk about it on on our uh, reactions later episodes. The Summary It's a low point in Buffy's life. Maybe the lowest. Rejected from UC Sunnydale, still working the grill at the Double Meat Palace, it's the perfect time for Riley Finn to show up. Riley needs Buffy's help fighting a Savolti demon. Or does he? Seems like Sam, Riley's wife, has it all taken care of. Later, Back at Buffy's, Riley explains that the Savolte demon has come to the Hellmouth to lay its eggs, and that someone named the Doctor is involved. Buffy heads to Spike's crypt for sexual gratification, and wakes up to find Riley has walked in on them. It's embarrassing for all the reasons, not the least of which is that Spike is the Doctor, and Riley has permission from headquarters to eliminate him. The eggs get destroyed, email addresses are exchanged, Riley heads back into the night, and Buffy tells Spike she can never love him. And she's tired of using him. All right, let's move on to Great Lines. Great Lines. Uh, I loved uh, Riley chasing the monster through Sunnydale's streets. Uh, National Forestry Service, we've got a wild bear. <laughs> Just yes. the uh, uh, having fun with the uh, <laughs> fact that uh, 
you know, the attempts to uh, cover up monsterness are increased. Like they have always been pretty anemic in Sunnydale, but just like at this point, they're not even trying. It's great. I love that. Like he's also, got like the body armor on yeah. in the fast food place. The thing that makes me uh, always makes me think of that episode is like, what if National Service really did try to fight wild animals with their fists? <laughs> <laughs> This this is a callback to a conversation we had before the podcast started about um, Arnold Schwarzenegger and unbelievable jobs. But like this is the most unbelievable job person pairing there is so far in Buffy. What the Riley would be in the forestry service. But the National Forestry Service is not in the forest. A <laughs> two has no weapons and is fighting barehanded bears. Like that's, that's so illogical. <laughs> Well, uh, I just love this line from Buffy. Uh, she's rushing to take the trash out too late, sees the the binman go away, and she says this really sad, defeated, don't you want your garbage? <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene, and I love the fault that scene, but uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, Mike stole my line. Um, but I, I, love <laughs> I was what, in what, this talk before you. What's up with that? Hey, I wrote that down. <laughs> hey, I've watched this episode before you. <laughs> Fair. Um, well, I love. I don't love this line, but I love it because it's bad and it's like WTF. But Willow just says, when asked about magic, Willow goes, "I got addicted the way addicts do," and I'm like, "What is this sentence? <laughs> it's not. It's not good, but it's strange." Uh, I picked a back and forth between Buffy and Riley. Did you die? No. I'm going to win. <laughs> <laughs> Such intense lives they lead. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's do the kill count. The kill count. So I picked out one vampire, one adult demon, and 10 baby demons. And I'm going to get into these the separation between the adult and baby forms of this demon later, because it's crazy. It makes no fucking sense to me. Um, but for, first, let's do the rest of Weird Noticings and Trivia. Weird Noticings. Okay. So, I uh, just pasted this in at the bottom uh, for you guys to check out. Uh so there's a moment in the uh, Double Meat Palace where if you uh, look in the background, you can see the Double Meat Palace's emergency exit plan. And uh, what I particularly notice about this is that at the very bottom, it's uh, kind of hard to make out, but it says in case of fire uh, or earthquake, uh, use uh, stairs and not the elevators, essentially, um, which to me uh, says that the Double Meat Palace has multiple stories. So this is a fast food joint that has an upstairs or a downstairs somewhere. Maybe they're already on the second story. I don't know. Uh, so uh, I thought that was fascinating. <laughs> that makes no sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> I've been a, I've been in a McDonald's with the second floor before, but it's pretty rare. <laughs> yeah, pretty rare. And apparently they have an elevator. Like it's it's a, not not just that, but they have an elevator. So yeah. Uh, her coworker is. The kind of obnoxious coworker that exists and I hate. But a true student of Machiavelli wouldn't go blabbing to his coworker about his plans. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking shut up. 
And uh, when uh, when Buffy gets out of work and goes to fight vampires, and the vampire's like, uh, I'm not going to eat you. Uh, <laughs> you smell terrible. I feel like that's like a little bit classist of that vampire. Like, and the and the and the show totally plays along. But I'm like, oh, that's not really nice to say. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's whole- yeah, it's definitely funny. Though. I mean, it's true that when you're working there, when you're working fast food, that fast food smell is real, right? Yeah, uh, it is. Oh God, I smelled like Subway so bad when I worked there. <laughs> that smell is so disgusting. I mean, just the 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 thing to do is never wear your work pants outside right <laughs> yeah but like uh when you're working a job like that what am i gonna how much laundry am i gonna do am i really uh all right john's going down a spiral Let's move on. <laughs> john, <Spiraling. come> back. <laughs> um so uh at the bronze uh which you know, we still can't decide where the bronze is. Like, is it a bar? Is it a coffee shop? Like, what is it? You know, can you take underage people there or not? No one knows. But uh, um, increasing this confusion is that uh, Don and Willow go there and uh, uh, Don gets them a couple of Arnold Palmers, which I had to look up. Do you guys know what an Arnold Palmer is? Yeah, Did you know before you watched this? Yeah, it's yeah. very common. Oh, I've never, I had never really heard of it before. Well, so for everybody who's ignorant like me, apparently an Arnold Palmer is uh, equal parts iced tea and lemonade. And it's named after a famous golfer. Yeah. There's even jokes about it on Scrubs, which is a series I'm rewatching. Wow. Because JD's like, did a man ever do less to become famous? <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good joke. All right, but let's a, watch Scrubs. And apparently Arnold, Arnold Palmer doesn't order... An Ar- Arnold Palmer by name. He just asked for his drink. Uh, that's um, like ordering what I am's and getting cool <laughs> cigarettes. <laughs> Give me a pack uh, of what I am's. I am what I am. Whoa, Popeye! Uh, I didn't know there was that inside of that. <laughs> There's a weird moment uh, as well, where uh, also at the bronze, where uh, uh, Willow's like, "Oh, you know, Xander's planning his wedding." I remember when I used to fantasize about planning a wedding with Xander. And, you know, I had this crush on Xander when I was young. And Dawn does not bring up that she also used to have a crush on Xander. I thought that was interesting. It was a little missed opportunity for them to laugh about how silly they were for having a crush on Xander. Maybe it's still too recent for Dawn. Yeah, maybe she... Do you think she's still harboring that? I don't know. It hasn't been brought up in ages. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Did Xander bring his own chips to the bronze? Yes, I think he definitely did. All right, good to know. I feel like it, I mean the bronze is weird, but I don't the think they're selling like, the family size Doritos. There. I was thinking about how weird it would be to be planning your wedding at the all ages music club that you used to go to as a kid. But <laughs> dude, dude, what is more weird that the fact that the bronze will let you bring chips or that they would sell you chips? That's what I can't figure out. Is more weird. Well, one thing that I did notice as like a, a kind of a slacker zoom in and enhance is that it, there's. Like, if you look at the uh, counter there, there's, like, a weird, just, like, the bronze is so weird. The guy is handing a customer a beer, reaching, but to do that, he's reaching over, uh, stacked up on the counter, is, like, several boxes of Snyder's pretzels and also herbal Principal tea. Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> I just, this is the place where you go to get your Snyder's pretzels, your herbal tea, and also you can have a beer. I know that you used to have sense a- Because there's a whole, there's, that glass display case is full of donuts. Like yeah, there's right. beautiful donuts in the glass display case that nobody's interested in. I know they used to have a blooming onion, but it got remodeled right. off the menu. That's right. 
and they have a cockroach problem. I don't know. It's like uh, I suppose it's sort of like the like the old west like general store. It's just one stop shop. It's a haberdashery. Yeah. No, it's a trans dimensional <laughs> restaurant me- music venue that ages with you, John. <laughs> I don't I know what's so hard to understand. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, don't you guys get it? It ages with you. It has what you need when you need it. It's like Mr. Feeney from uh, Boy Meets World. He'll always be your teacher. <laughs> okay, no, I didn't watch enough of that stuff. Sorry, guys. Don't okay. go there. Um, so it's garbage day. Uh, Mike, since you're the host, can you just share the garbage, the famous garbage day clip that? Oh, I- sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know just if it's garbage day you gotta bring up garbage day uh yeah i i've never seen silent night deadly night 2 uh i don't think i have either but i've seen that clip a bunch of times (laughs) that's good crazy acting by someone who has uh lacks uh, a nuanced acting background i don't know just incapable of delivering the nuanced acting this shit I don't need to divulge. We don't have to go there. Uh, so, Anya Zander chip-eating is weird. I was waiting for something in the DVD commentary. I was hoping someone could listen and guess, tell me where this joke came from, the chip-eating thing. Uh, if there was, like, an inside joke about chip-eating somewhere. I did not watch the DVDs, sorry. That's just how stress-eating works. You, 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 that's, just, that's just how, you know... That's just what you do. Like, chips are great for stress eating because they never fill you up and you just do it for hours. I just think they play this joke so hard, it felt like I was watching an airplane. Like, it was like one of those style jokes where they're like, they're, let's keep, let's go in for another chip eating gag and one more. And it's just a. And they have a ton of flavors. Like, they're naturally occurring (laughs) with a ton of different flavors. The oh, yeah. with Xander taking chips from Anya, like taking her bag of chips, and it's like, well, okay. That's because you have to switch up the chips. You can only have so much cool ranch or nacho cheese. Cajun Fiesta is not a, a flavor that I'm, I'm familiar with, though, so that was interesting. I feel like a lot of Dorito flavors came and went over the years. I, yeah. I, I'd believe that that used to be a real one. Yeah. Uh, during, I, sh- I think we should point out during that uh, uh, chip-eating scene, there's also reference to Uncle Rory. Yep. Yeah. Yep. He's Uncle back, Rory. baby. And uh, Don or uh, Anya is waiting for the Narls, um, who I assume are some sort of demon. It, I looked it up and I didn't find any Narls uh, spelled that way, um, but I do know another Narl demon that we'll see later in the series. Hmm. I do love like the stuck in traffic looks like it was shot as a dream sequence. <laughs> like it's like twi- it's twilight. Like none of the cars are really moving, and it's just it's very strange. It was like, I was like, what is happening? Is this a dream? Um, yeah, so do you guys remember Riley? I <laughs> love Buffy's who? confusion about what and who Riley is and what he's like. Like, there's so many different steps. She's like, oh, I don't remember being so tall. Were you always tall? <laughs> yeah, tall boy. And just like, oh, you got all these gadgets. <laughs> like, just like Riley comes on so strong as 110% Riley. This is a new Riley, too. It's not Anarchy Riley. This is the professional Riley. Battle Damage Riley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, Battle Damage Riley. 
Star <laughs> Wars. damaged. It's like Battle Ready, Riley. But he's got the scar. He's got the scars. Happened. Yeah. It's, like, uh, it's like when we met Cleveland Buffy. She's got mm-hmm. the scar. <laughs> but even though this is sort of like, in a way, it's sort of darkest timeline, Riley. He's still like way not even on the dark timeline that Buffy's on. Like there's just this massive gap <laughs> where he's just still Riley. He's still season four. He's still just like do do do, and uh, you know Buffy's like everything is shit. Yeah. Well, like no matter what happens to Bu- to Riley, he can't actually be affected, right? Because he's like he's got he's Midwest yeah. strong. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's Kansas even, strong or Nebraska tough or whatever yeah. it is. Even though he's walking into a. Uh, uh, fast food restaurant looking like a goth baseball catcher. <laughs> and I'm, yeah, so, I'm so, so funny. I'm so frustrated that nobody like acts like he's crazy looking. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. And uh, and yeah, I love I love it was it was almost like she remembered Anarchy Riley, but but it was more like James Bond Riley. Um, and all right, James here Bond my Jr. here's my call out to Dennis and John. How are you not all over this Tribbles joke? Yep, it happened. But it's, it's a like, pretty Star Trek 101 reference. I don't know. It also doesn't make any sense. It's like she's too basic. It's, it's like You're she's basic. watching Star Trek to research the, the trio. Like, that's what doesn't make any sense. She's like, yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense. Like, there has been no triple related like shenanigans. It's just sort of like, <laughs> were you watching Star Trek to understand the trio? And is the triples Getting an her. original series or TNG? Yeah. Original, original series, series. Yeah. and then it's it, ext- extremely original series. Yeah, and then it returns in DS Nine when they go back to the original series. Um, and there's a Star Trek short recently. I don't know if you saw John, which explains the origin of Tribbles with H. No. John Benjamin. It's fucking weird. Is that one of the the short treks things? Yeah, they did? yeah. Oh, I should check that out. I didn't watch all those. Also, offline, very, we're gonna have to have a conversation about uh, Lower Decks, which I haven't watched yet. I'm, I'm not going to watch Lower Decks. I don't want to see <laughs> the sec- Seth MacFarlane uh, Star Trek. Come on. <laughs> yeah, but I want to see it so I can hate on it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, back to Buffy. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So uh, when she gets the her rejection letter from uh, UC Sunnydale, uh, you actually get um, a pretty good look at it. You can read the whole letter. Even in even in SD, mm-hmm. uh, you can read the whole letter. Um and one of the things, first of all, just briefly, uh, the letter comes from Sorinda Blackmaster, oh. which is, I mean, it's... That is a warlock name. That's just a name. I mean, that's, yeah. <laughs> I live in Sunnydale. My name is Sorinda Blackmaster. <laughs> um, that's yeah, probably I, you know, the warlock that, admissions. <laughs> that drove Giles out of Sunnydale. Christ. Yeah. Uh, but uh, more more importantly, uh, we actually get Sunnydale zip code Uh from the letter, which is 95037, which in real life is a suburb southwest or southeast, rather, of San Jose, uh, not really near Santa Barbara at all. Oh. So, uh, you know, it's the, the location me. of Sunnydale continues to move. It's uh, hard to understand. Speaking of locations moving, somehow you see Sunnydale got Buffy's address wrong, but she still got the letter. Oh, snap. I didn't even notice that. 1630 Crestview. Instead of Ravello Drive. Yeah. Hmm. Suspicious. Maybe she picked up the letter at Spike's Crypt. She's just having her mail sent there. <laughs> oh, bummer. Bummer for her. <laughs> I was I was super sad when like she got that rejection letter and and then, you know, you're not accepted. And then she like looks up and Don talking to Don and, and she's like, Don, where are you going? And she Don goes to school and she's like 
oh, that's good. And it's like, oh, it's kind of heartbreaking. <laughs> and, and also, it just seems like she just didn't apply in time. Like yeah. it wasn't, yeah, yeah it was just it's the not, timing. It's not her grades or anything. Yeah. It's just she needs to, to wait for the next enrollment period. Yeah. Yeah, which is such a bullshit technical reason to get mm-hmm. rejected. Like, I was like, this is why Buffy needs some sort of advocate to go to the school and like yeah. argue about this. This is ridiculous. Because I thought when she got rejected, that would be when Mike gets the point about Buffy fail, failed a college class. Like, I was like, there's got to be something in that letter about her GPA, but there's nothing. Guys, um, Riley's back. <laughs> Riley's back. Riley's back and all over this episode. Uh, I, I'm i like in shock still that Riley's back, and I feel like he was here just for a moment. Now he's gone. Um, this is a good reaction episode to watch because I feel like there's just so many like kind of surprise moments of Riley kind of being out of touch that are kind of great. Oh, like out of touch with both where Buffy is, but also, like, where this show is going. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. like, that car scene, which we called back from, you know, one of the quotes and stuff was fantastic, where he's like, I got so many, like, basically awful stuff to catch you up on, Buffy, but then yeah. doesn't catch her up <laughs> yeah. on anything. And then he ends up, like, gaslighting her somewhat. Not gaslighting, jeez, I don't need to use that term necessarily, but, like, he doesn't tell her the mission objective that they're on, just, like, he needs her <gasps> yeah. to be a part of it. Um, this is like out of a dream sequence. I mean, just the the writing, the way that they handle the problem, like the forestry situation. That again, you know, from the great lines. This this episode is just weird. I mean, the emotional climax of the episode is awesome. We'll get to it. I think like that's worth the ride. But like, it just Riley's world. It feels like a dream of what I guess being in a secret secret army that goes after supernatural creatures will be like if it just like bust in the door and shows up for an episode of a show i mean the fact that they're recruiting buffy at work at the fast food place and just like quit your job and come with me if you want to live a more adventurous and exciting life which is where you know kind of like thought buffy was going to get recruited or something from that moment but then anyway this uh as a reaction episode this was fun i watched this one with my wife and she was (laughs) She was cackling at this one with me, like of how absurd Riley is. Nice. Yeah, he does feel like at this point he's just not on the same show as everybody else, right? Yeah. He comes in and he's like, season four, Riley, back when the show was really silly in a way that it's not now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that show was just called Riley. And, uh... <laughs> oh, no, that'd be a horrible show. Just the Riley show. Um, so the demon they're trying to get at, I just want to talk about it a minute, the Savolte demon, because I don't fucking understand it at all, and you know me, I focus <laughs> on these monsters, and I'm like, I don't understand this thing, the Savolte. Okay, so in its adult form, it's big enough and gray enough to be mistaken for a bear, right? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but it's definitely a vertebrate, and it, yes. it's got its two legs, its two arms, what you can tell a little bit, I, I've paused this thing a lot to look at it. It's got this huge head thing that goes onto its back. And I think the back is maybe supposed to be remnants of his shell. And he's got spikes on his arms that are maybe supposed to be remnants of his insect legs or his arachnid legs or whatever. His mouth is crazy, and but very te- it's definitely got teeth, mammalian teeth. But it's got eyes. It's got at least one set of eyes at the top of his head right by the teeth. Although those could be nostrils, who knows, really. But 
Like, just unarguably some sort of vertebrate. But when it's hatched from an egg, which I guess it lays eggs, although they, although they call them eggs, but they look like the cocoons from gremlins or, like, the eggs from aliens. They're really, like, not mammalian or bird-like. But, um... <laughs> so when they hatch, they're, they're some sort of invertebrate. They look like ticks. They look like giant ticks. Mm-hmm. But what animal goes from being an invertebrate, invertebrate to a vertebrate? It, like... That doesn't happen. <laughs> um, but, it, I mean, it's a really strange-looking monster. And so yeah. it made me look up who did the monster makeup this week. And it was um, Todd McIntosh, who has done a ton of Buffy episodes. But um, he also did... Uh, I wrote down some of his things. He was, he, he's been, like, a makeup monster makeup guy for years. He's done a ton of stuff. Like, all the usual stuff we see, like... And Star Trek episodes, and uh, he did Legion, but he's been doing it for years. So he was the head makeup guy on the Masters of the Universe uh, movie, oh. <laughs> uh, and just a ton of stuff. Um, but also, like, he's also um, a non-monster makeup guy. Like, he does beauty makeup, and he did like, uh, you know, makeup for the Brady Bunch movie and stuff like that. Um, anyway, I just can't figure out this monster, but it's been haunting me. <laughs> Well, the monster makeup is fantastic. It looks like a great monster. Like I was surprised they, you know, they get like such a big shot, like a wide shot, full body of the monster yeah. when uh, they're hunting bear or whatever in downtown Sunnydale, and it looks awesome. Yeah, I, I like the I like the monster. And to be quite honest, it's it's hard to get too worked up over a demon um, that is like, oh, this demon can destroy the world, but you've never heard about it until now, and the people who are responsible for preventing that is Riley. And it's like, no, <laughs> like, you know, like you build up a cool demon, like you need it. If it's going to have any real impact, you got to have it be around for a couple episodes. So that's what my disappointment is. It's cool. That thing should have been around for multi, that should be a multi-episode cool demon. Yeah. It definitely right? needs more screen time to explain everything that it is, but I know that that's not the point of the episode. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I'm there with you, but but uh, season season six feels like it could have used like a good multi. I'm I'm trashing the trio right now. The season six could have used a good multi episode, really cool demon monster. It this, really could, yeah. This you know, season, yeah. Too many yeah. human villains. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Too many human villains that aren't are not actually that like interesting. Although like, what you just said about like it's Riley saying that makes me think like. Riley knows Buffy has actually faced the end of the world multiple times, so he always has to like hype oh, it up. One up, hype it up, yeah, hype man. Oh my God, he's the hype man for the so volty demon. <laughs> That's such a good call about it. Yeah, being like underhyped but super deadly demon. It is such a Riley problem. It's like, I guess we'll help you. Sure. What end of the world? All right. We'll okay. See. Sure. I believe you. Yeah, like I said, it doesn't have to be like the end of the world. It should just be like this is a really powerful demon. It kills a lot of people. I mean, it doesn't. It's this sounds like it's like a locust, like a locust demon that you've never heard of for thousands of years. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on to Sam. So, I guess we didn't talk about Sam's introduction, but oh uh, shit, Riley's married. (laughs) They do a Riley is married reveal, which is delightful. I mean, Riley is just, like, totally caught in it. 
they're like maybe about to make out Buffy and Riley. Like they're just taking out this demon together. All the feelings are coming back. Riley's tall, handsome, and basically James Bond. And then like Sam like comes in and uh, kicks more ass than Buffy could in this fight. And it's like, that's my wife. Like, love it. Love it. So they head back to, well, when they get back to Buffy's place, I guess to hang out, which is the oddest ceiling seeming scene to like go from basically James Bond and his crew and, and uh, Jane Bond, whatever. And now they're back at like just someone's family living room chatting. Like that is just an absurd <laughs> juxtaposition, which I love. But I love also <clears throat> Willow in that scene. It's like, look, I'll hate Sam for you because I know you can't. And like that setup is <laughs> that's, so fantastic. That's really good friending. Like I feel like sometimes this show, they're bad at being friends to each other. But I was like, that's good friending, Willow. <laughs> well, the setup is good friending, but Willow totally fails to hate <laughs> Sam. And that's whatever. That's another delight in itself. That's like a joke that really pays off. I love it. What? No, no, no. In this podcast, we have actually come out against this type of behavior. <laughs> remember years ago you complained like when you break up with someone your friends are all like that so-and-so person is a terrible piece of human garbage etc <laughs> yes remember that i do yeah. remember that and i still i stand by that point and i agree with that but what willow does is a little bit different than it's that. slightly different it's hitting the it's hitting it, it, the lover it, it, of the ex-lover yeah, yeah what she's doing is she's saying to, she's saying to buffy it's do artificial you need me it's a question yeah. do you need me to hate this person because yeah. i will do what you need and yeah, it's it's slightly different. It's not I hate them. Let's all complain about them. Uh, it's 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 a question. I think that that makes all the difference in the world. Thank you, mysterious black shadow. Sorry, I, I'll, I'll fix my Ooh, webcam in a he's second. Just, he, he's just the shadow. The shadow. Is that John's new nickname? The shadow. <laughs> Who knows? If you have to ask, then it probably doesn't fit. <laughs> um. So the actress who plays Sam, Ivana Malekovic. <laughs> Uh, I looked her up, and she's, it's funny because she's like a legit Bond girl. She was in Casino Royale, and she plays like a spy on the series Chuck. So she seems very well cast in this to be that type of character. Uh, But it's funny, we've we've been making so many James Bond jokes, and she's like a legit Bond girl. She was in the Bond movie, yeah. What's she doing slumming on this show? That's crazy. (laughs) Hey, hey, this is what this is the show that built her up to be in Casino Royale, my friend. This was this was the stepping stone. Everyone knows Buffy the Vampire Slayer is a stepping stone at the James Bond franchise. (laughs) I don't feel like anybody else made the step. I don't think you can make an argument for that. Well, one person making a step. That's that's not no person. That's not nobody. That's somebody. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, gateway to James Bond roles. For one person. That sounds like a great clickbait article to write. <laughs> also, Can you I want... guess which Buffy the Vampire Slayer cast member was later cast on James Bond? Did you guess the character Sam Finn? <laughs> also, I, we need we need to update our the um, the Sunnydale um, uh, map to include a hydroelectric water plant. <laughs> oh God! Forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> That is, I guess technically that's more, I can't tell if that's more believable or more unbelievable than an international airport with service to London. (laughs) (laughs) But it's still, it's up there in the unbelievable. Train station, airport, hospital, university, museum, hydroelectric dam, docks. 
the port, docks. port authority, railroad station, train station, uh, train station, yeah, and zoo. <laughs> Everything. It is like it is like the Sim City. It's like the Sim City <laughs> of California. Well, it's just like the transdimensional, you know, bronze that you know it serves you the things you need when you need it at whatever age <gasps> you are. Secret government military installation. And well, Sunnydale provides the things you need when you need it. Like the city grows or doesn't grow, but it gets what it needs. <laughs> if a demon needs access to a deep pit, they're gonna get it. I like and, also this and, demon's supposedly trying to head for the Hellmouth to spawn. Is that where the Hellmouth is now? Is yeah, why did they go dam? to the why not to the There was no explanation about the hydroelectric dam. Well, um I think so. Xander and Anya, mostly Xander, is kind of prying Sam and Riley for info about their amazing wedding. <laughs> and, like, I love uh, Sam's offhand, like, actually great tip about putting a camera, a disposable camera at every table. <laughs> it's just, yeah, these feel good. like the totally, it's like, that's actually a pretty good tip. I love it. Uh, I was expecting more wedding tips from this show. So <laughs> I'll see what happens in the next episode or whatever when the wedding is. It sounds like it's next episode. But coming up uh john you got to zoom and enhance oh, okay uh yeah sorry about uh, my camera's still not working but uh yeah uh so one thing that uh if you check out uh there's a moment where uh buffy gets the machine gun at the uh in spike's uh crypt and uh kind of goes to town and one of the things she does is she shoots up spike's records and there's a brief continuity error where, like, in the wide shot right before she shoots him up, uh, the record that is in the front is, I think it says Henry Powell, which is a record that I've never heard of. Couldn't find anything about it online. Doesn't seem to exist. Uh, but then as soon as she goes to shoot it, uh, suddenly it's a different record. It's uh, The Catter Family Sings, which is a very obscure gospel record that Spike is apparently listening to. Uh, and then when she shoots the records and they start to blow up, you can see for exactly one frame that Spike also has a copy of the uh, off-Broadway musical The Wiz. Oh, nice. Uh, Spike's, so Spike has been listening to Gospel and The Wiz. Didn't we so, find out uh, that Sweet is um, on The Wiz soundtrack? Yes, we did. That's right. That's right. So there you go. That's an interesting connection. Yeah. Do you think the actor brought that record to set and just left it by accident? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Always be promoting. Well, I guess I want to talk about the emotional climax of this episode where, you know, Buffy goes back to Spike to because she needs it. And after, especially after kind of this, like, interaction with uh, Riley and Sam and, like, her ex is happier than she'll ever be in a more fulfilling life and is winning at everything. And then, so she decides to go to her low place, which is to hook up with Spike and freaking Riley shows up, walks in on her with Spike in like in bed. Like it's just unequivocal. You cannot lie your way out of this one, Buffy. You had sex with Spike. You are, and you liked it. And, Wow, what a scene. I just, I love this because Riley's the most judgmental prick in the world to bring into this scene. And just after, kind of after this kind of sequence, Riley also says, like, he has clearance to kill her current boyfriend, you know? Like, he has clearance to kill Spike if she's cool with it, like, if she's if she wants him to. Just, like, man, just, I love this It's just insane low moment. It's just a complete nightmare for somebody. Like, I can't. <laughs> I can't imagine. 
And yeah. this has to be like, this is why all this, all these pieces were put together so we could create this nightmare scenario for Buffy. Um, but Rough then, times. Yeah, getting into other parts of the scene, like Spike is the doctor. You know, they've mentioned that there's this the doctor they're looking for, and then Spike is the doctor is so funny. I like totally Actually, fell for that setup. <clears throat> Actually, now my one of my thoughts was, what if he's not the doctor, but the doctor is the friend? <laughs> that his lie was real. They're like, I'm holding well, this for a friend. I guess the que- the question is, it, yeah, is his lie real? Because to me, it almost seems like Spike is a lot more like Spike does not have the connections or the the brains to actually do any of this. Like all of this is outside of his purview, right? He steals. He's like a petty thief. He's not some criminal mastermind. So to me, it actually makes more sense as if he was really just holding the eggs for a friend because Spike's not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> That's possible. I, I suppose it doesn't matter, all right? I mean, like, for the purposes of the episode, he's guilty, whether by association or directly. Yeah. I mean, I, I, this, this reminds me of in later uh, DS9 episodes, how, like, at that point, everybody... Have been have been through so much with the Cardassian have taken over DS Nine and then they've got it back and stuff and like that they basically trust Quark but he's still Quark so he's still running scams, <laughs> you know like that's what it is a Spike like like he's still a villain doing villainous yeah. stuff but people have like basically forgotten about it like, yeah yes yeah, scamp <laughs> oh one of these days I'm gonna put you in jail forever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's why that's why I thought that it was just like he was just too stupid. He's like, yeah, hold these eggs, and like he didn't listen to the instructions and stuff. Oh, he definitely didn't listen to the eggs. But I also believe he is the kind of dummy who would create like a nickname for himself for one heist. It's like, call me the Doctor. Yeah, that sounded awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and that nickname does not apply at all. There is there is literally. I mean, they should be like the what, what's Mike? You're a chi- you were once a not really a chicken a farmer, but you were. You were you were once like a, a an egg harvester, like what? What's the name for someone who cares over a coop? A cooper? No, those people make barrels. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but I was just wondering if there's more than one use of coop. A farmer. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody really farm chickens. None of that sounds anywhere near as cool. Yeah. What about the yolkster? It's probably like protein harvester or something like that. You know, if that's what you're looking for, Travis. Oh, I'm gonna come up. I'm gonna find. I'll, I'm gonna get on this. What was right. uh, in in the Batman TV series? What was Vincent Price's character's name? It was like Eggman or something, right? A poultry farmer. Okay, a poultry <laughs> man. A poultry man. That's not that exciting. Egghead. He was Egghead on Batman. Yeah. Oh, right, Vincent Price on, on Batman. That's right. That's right. He always all he does is make egg puns and then. He tries to steal a dinosaur egg, but then Batman's hidden inside it dressed as a dinosaur to scare him. <laughs> that show is so good. People don't well, even know nowadays. They don't yeah. even know. Now, to be fair, Dr. Robotnik oh, yeah. also was obsessed with eggs, right? And he was a doctor, but it, that was more of a physics-type situation. <laughs> <laughs> he just looked like an egg. Yeah. Wasn't he called Eggman in, in Japan? In Japan, yeah. In Japan, he was called Eggman. Eggman. And we called and him I, Dr. In Robotnik. the cartoon series, Sonic always called him Robotnik. I know. Never, never make your name for yourself. That easily has butt puns. Yeah. We got a lot to say about Buffy this episode. <laughs> yeah. 
So I also want to I also want to say like that the 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 cavern beneath his crypt is so much nicer than the crypt. Yeah. But they yeah. had sex in the crypt because well because the, the eggs, eggs are, are down. yeah exactly. Buffy should have known something was up. That she, yeah, that you, he was like let's stay on something. Yeah, yeah, let's let's stay in like the God. Yeah. Well, this rock bottom episode for Buffy is unbelievable. I almost. I like can't believe that they took the character this far down, um, and and just gave her such like a, such a sad kind of, like just took her character in such a sad direction. Yeah, like, she's working at the burger place, which doesn't make sense. She should be working with like a professional uh, organization like Riley's, like military or security or like a detective agency. Like we've seen so many kind of variations on what she should be doing. And yet the show decides to torture her with a fast food job. And so, like, that's just so unbelievable that she would tolerate that sh- that kind of thing. Like, there's so many better paying opportunities. I, that that part's unbelievable in its own way. But then, like, to also, like, she continues to be with Spike, even though she can't bring Spike around. Like, she's willing to be shamed, like, and live this kind of shameful lie that, you know, actually would be less shameful if she just let people know that she was doing it. Instead, it's this weird secret with the creepy dude, Spike, who, like, is waiting for you behind a tree when you get home from work. I mean, whatever Spike is. I have, that's a question I have. But um, she's at her lowest in this episode, and it's so sad to see this happen to her. And she's also, like, she came back from death for this, right? For nothing. Mm. And this Now you know a- why she's so pissed. Uh, I just need the reversal on this character so hard. They're just crushing her in this episode. Yeah. But also, like, this doesn't feel like the right way to crush her either. This feels like just a, a weird direction. Yeah. I think you're getting at why fans have such a hard time with season six. Yeah. Like, you know, season two Buffy got crushed also by evil, by Angelus. But, like, you know what she did? She fucking grabbed the sword she said like everybody else is gone all i've got is me but like me is strong enough and like we haven't seen that from buffy this season like that's what the fans are aching for is like buffy to stand up and fight but instead every single episode is a rock bottom and then it just she just keeps digging man she keeps it's like a fucking quarry over here man Um, (laughs) you you, what is that you can't dig your way out of a quarry is that that the saying (laughs) That's it is I actually like I actually like this Buffy episode. I mean, I like I like Buffy at rock bottom because honestly, honestly, her rock bottom's not that bad, bro. Like it's not that bad. So mm-hmm. what? So so she so rock rock bottom. Okay, she has a service industry job. Okay, all right, that's not great. Um, oh, rock bottom. Oh, she well, she has a boyfriend. Well, the boyfriend's a, a the 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 things that you would be in the negative is is that that Spike is not a a good enough villain, right? At this point, either he's not a good enough hero or he's not a good enough villain. He's just kind of a, a, ba- a bad villain. Like, he's not... He doesn't, I mean, the like... Rock, the Rock Bottom is lying about it, right? It's like, it's not right. that she... You know, she's with the bad boyfriend. It's like she's with a bad boyfriend and she's lying to her friends and family about it. Yeah. And yeah, and I don't think it's like, even that it's just service industry and stuff, but that she's clinically depressed and isn't doing anything about it. Right. Like, And it's making and her, her a bad mom at the same time where she's like... She's actually a bad parent for Dawn. And, like, we see it episode after episode. We, you know, Dawn acting out, Dawn's issues are, like, exacerbated by Buffy's inability to be there for her. And, like, why? Because Buffy would rather 
have sex with someone she doesn't care about <laughs> um, just to stop like having to think about it. I mean, I, I think this is rock bottom. I mean, I, it could be worse. It could definitely be worse. But the, just bring Giles into the mix somehow. <laughs> well, we'll find out if it gets worse I, in upcoming episodes. I, 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 I'm pro Spike in this episode. I think the only thing is that Spike is not cool, cool enough. Like, Spike does, like, dark pretty good, but he really, there's not, like, layers. And and the character was never really written with layers. Like, Spike was never, like, really intelligent or smart. Like, that was never written into the character. Um, he was just kind of, like, evil and simple. <laughs> um, and British. Yeah. So I think that's what's really letting, like, letting things down. Like, I just, I just don't believe he's not more interesting than he should be after a hundred and what, 120 years. Like it's just frustrating, but I have no problem with Spike and Buffy's relationship. I, I'm always out of sync. <laughs> what can I say? I mean, I thought it was great that I felt, it felt, I felt vindicted, vindicated, vindicated, vindicted, that, uh, vindicted. That's not a word. I felt vindicated that, uh, the, um, that the show remembered that Spike's a bad guy. This episode, that was great. <laughs> Right, he's just like, oh right, of course he's doing some shady shit. That's who he is. Uh, we just pretended that he was funny this whole time. I thought that was nice. Yeah, absolutely uh, pointless. But uh, in the scene, in the uh, this great little scene in the bathroom we have with uh, Anya and Xander, while there's like some kind of monster fight happening between <laughs> uh, Anya's monster fa- friends and uh, and Xander's family, uh, that during that scene. Uh, you can see in the background they have uh, little towels with an A and an X monogrammed on them. It's adorable. Yeah, it's cute. It's funny because they could also go A and A because his he's Alexander. But. Oh yeah, they could. That would not be helpful, I guess, to know whose towel is who. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know if, if you're married to somebody or if you're cohabitating with them at this point. Like, do you really need to know whose towel is who? Yes. Uh, I just wanted to shout out that uh, Xander has a really great line where he calls. Um, Riley and Sam, Nick and Nora Fury, yeah. uh, which I just thought was super charming. Um, for those who don't quite catch the reference, like Nick Fury, obviously everybody knows now, but would have been like a little bit of an obscure reference back then. But Nick and Nora Charles um, are a detective couple from the, the Thin Man series, originally based on book written by Dashiell Hammett. Uh, it was uh, a series of very charming movies back in the early days of cinema, uh, uh, played by fucking uh, Nick Powell and Myrna Loy. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, very good movies. Uh, oh, they're amazing. Is going to definitely go into my recommendations. So it's I, it's a really charming uh, double reference. I didn't get all that. That's good. Thank you, Dennis. You're welcome. Well, this breakup scene at the end is awesome. I mean, I love like how you know. Buffy moves on from Spike here. Presumably, she actually moves on. I mean, I, I don't really believe it, but it's still like, if it, it feels really powerful. Yeah. I love Spike in his just destroyed place, and like Buffy just piles it on there. It's just like I want, and that and it says clearly like I want you, but I'm you know, I'm moving on. I'm using you. Anyway, it's just a great scene. Spike should feel lucky to not be just a pile of ash. Yeah, I mean, both the, the Slayer and then James Bond were here, and you didn't get you know, abyss, you know, murdered. So 
James Bond Jr. I'm sorry, James Bond Jr. What's the crappy American version of James Bond? Oh, Jack Ryan. (laughs) It probably just depends which era. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Steve McQueen, right? Oh, yeah, Bullet. Yeah. Uh, Let's do questions for the group. Questions for the group. What were the jobs that gave you the worst smells? I think the smell thing is real. I also agree that it, it might is. be a little classist. Um, for me, it was working at Wendy's, and I totally agree with Dennis's comment about the pants. Like the pants are, for some reason, they just everything goes there. Probably because, like, you know, in lieu of a napkin, you're probably wiping your hands on your pants or something. But man, just like that meat smell from being at the grill for you know oh, six hours. Yeah, those black service industry pants, man. Those. <laughs> have a strong smell uh i'd say for me it was either working some sort of fast food or when i was doing furniture repair because i used so many like caustic chemicals and stuff Mm. i think there was i mean those were like smells that can also give you brain damage um right (laughs) but they were not just unpleasant yeah (laughs) Yeah. insane man i think i think subway was was the worst as i said you know there's a really good uh um uh, it was an old Daily Show joke where they were like, a subway where it always smells like a fresh baked loaf of bread just took a shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that's very accurate. Uh, but also, like, when I worked at a fish place, which was actually a good Ooh. place, um, the thing apparently, apparently the thing that happens with fish is that, like, you get the oils in your skin, right? And then you get off of work and you smell like fish, but you take a shower because you smell like fish. But then, like, because the oils are, like, in your pores and, like, you take a shower and, like, you, your pores close up uh, from the cold water or whatever, uh, then later, if it you get, like, later when you sweat, the fish smell comes back. Oh, no. <laughs> are you taking cold showers? I was then because it was, I was, uh, that, yeah, was um, that was the summer of 2003. And uh, it was, like, 100 degrees in Brooklyn when I was uh, working there that summer. And, uh, uh that was the summer of, uh, it's getting hot in here. Don't take <laughs> off all your clothes. Very apt. <laughs> That's the closest to singing I think I've ever heard you come. <laughs> <laughs> and now you know why. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, for being a doctor, definitely you get some, some rough smells. I mean, it, it's, yeah. I think th- there's smells that you'll never forget. <laughs> Right. I mean, there's, and there's a yeah, variety your voice of smells. Is like, but, um, I don't know what happened. Your voice has been pitched down like 200%. What? Yeah. Are you using an app, dude? I'm on a, I'm on a vocoder. What's up? I don't, I feel like everything is normal. No, I, it's not. No, dude, you sound like you're two octaves. I mean, Hello? What happened? What happened? I, nothing happened. Everything. That's amazing. Everything is normal. Everything no, is absolutely <laughs> Everything is, I can't wait for you to listen to this, Travis. <laughs> no, it's all it's normal, guys. Everything is normal, you guys. I don't understand what the problem is. Let's just uh, roll with it. Let's roll with it. Okay, but I, I I remember Travis just when you stayed with me for a month that you'd co- come in and you'd be like, I spilled like a quart of some fluid on me today, you know, and I was <laughs> like, this sounds so terrible. 
Um, <laughs> so I can definitely understand that there's like terrible smells you got to deal with that get on you. And it's like, not only is it like it smells bad, but it's like a biohazard. So that's true. Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, the, wor- the worst smell hands down is what is going on <laughs> i'm sorry it's make your point I, I will try not to laugh is 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 human liver Whoa. so human liver has the strongest smell and it, and it smells just like animal liver but obviously human liver is a lot bigger so human liver smells one way when it's fresh and another another when it's a little bit um it has been sitting for a few days and um it smells so strong like it is it has the most the most pungent odor you know it it it, it it's like i could never ever eat human eat, eat liver of any kind because it would just i would just really? be like oh this is what human liver tastes like because it just smells so strong i mean the bowels you know the bowel stuff you know uh, the the feces the excrement all that has a certain smell of course and you know you when you do an autopsy, you 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 cut the bowel open and you run it end to end, looking for any abnormalities. So you have to like scoop out all the all the feces and everything like that, and and that's not pleasant. No one <laughs> no one likes being assigned that role because there's like different roles during an autopsy. <laughs> and uh, and the anyway, so no one likes that role. But like uh, but like that liver smell and like how all that is, oh. <sighs> well, so guys, uh, who do you think wins this one? I think uh, working in a. I think it's. <laughs> I think it's Travis. You think? You think maybe Travis wins this one? Oh my god! We're all over here. Like I'm like uh, I don't think that the uh, the bread smells very good when it's baked at Subway, and, and Travis is like, yeah, I cut open someone's colon and scooped out their poo. You know, it's all relative. It's it's <laughs> oh all it's god. all relative. Yeah, it's it is. <laughs> it's fine. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. That's, I mean. We had, um, <laughs> someone back- once famously said, it is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> At the furniture repair place, we had a back room that was just a big vat that was um, for stripping chemicals and like, I mean, for strip for stripping furniture. Um, so it's like this big acid vat and it smelled terrible. And of course we didn't like clean it out. So it was like, years of like chemicals mixing together i had a co-worker who will remain nameless but he used to just get high by walking into it and like he wouldn't wear the mask and stuff so he just like d- put his head close to the dip and just breathe in and get fucking like super high and <laughs> is he okay uh, now i no i don't think so i don't know i don't talk to him Jesus. Um, <laughs> totally uh, worth it yeah <laughs> But yeah, no, it's still not going to beat Travis's stories. <laughs> yeah, you win. It's like you, it's like you've been killed already, and come back. Uh, John, you got the next question. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just uh, this. This really felt like a very much felt like a pre Facebook uh, thing to happen, where you're like, you suddenly see your ex and then know how they're doing, as opposed to just always knowing. Um, so, like, uh, you know. When you uh, find out that your exes are doing well or whatever, um, are you able to uh, be happy for them, or do you ever uh, do you ever does the jealousy ever get get the better of you? That's my question for the group. Yeah, 
You're really, uh, you're really asking this question, huh? <laughs> you don't have to answer it if you don't want to. When I, would, when I was a young man, I would be jealous. But now as an older man, I am thrilled that I'm no longer with any of them. <laughs> yeah, I definitely get that. There's some, some exes where I'm just like, oh, I'm really glad I'm not part of this situation. <laughs> definitely. Dang. I think most of my exes are pretty happy from what I can tell. Um, no, are you happy about it? Uh, yeah. No, I just meant the like, oh, I don't think I have anyone who I'm like, oh, I'm glad I'm not part of that situation. Um, yeah. uh, I, uh, for the most part, I'm happy. I think because I've been single for so long, maybe a little bit of jealousy seeps in, but it's not vicious. It's just my own like empty life. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, for the most part, I'm, I'm happy for people to be happy. Right. Like, Yeah. Yeah, I answer. think that's where I'm at too. I don't, I, I feel like it's mostly like, yeah, occasionally it's jealousy, but it's not directed at them. It's directed at me. It's like, mm. yeah, mostly, mostly it's good. Yeah. I think, I guess I'm, I'm going to say I'm happy for them, but I think like there's something about, there's that level of possession that you experience when you like, you can't ever let go of, which you like have to let go of. I mean, it's weird to think about people that you dated or, you know, asked out and didn't you know didn't got rejected from right like it's weird that those rejections live in your mind forever in a way um so yeah different times i'm happy for them i think it's like i'm speculating on alternate realities but in general i'm just happy that i'm not in that situation so i'm happy that they're happy that's great Mm -hmm. and happy to have moved on can't rewrite the story of your experience so so I guess jealousy is like, that's definitely the early feeling and that burns out. It's too hard to live in jealousy. Like you can't. Well, that's, that's a young man's problem. Yeah, I agree with it that. It is. Jealousy is a young yeah. man's game. Yeah, it is. Uh, one thing that I will cop to. Now vengeance. That's an old man's <laughs> Vengeance. Vengeance is eternal. In your terrifying voice, Travis? <laughs> Am I talking uh, normally now? Please no, no you're not. You're still a monster. Um, I will, one kind of jealousy I will cop to is... Uh, um that i really hurt was like when you're when you're with somebody and like you know you spend a lot of time making fun of stuff and then you break up and they go and do the stuff that you were that you were too cool for like uh i was involved with somebody who we were like way too cool for like you know everything punk. we were way too cool for everything absolutely. you guys were way too cool for everything man i know dennis already knows. i don't even have dennis to yeah, dennis, knows. dennis knows immediately what i'm talking about we would make fun of people who were like into punk music and like went to punk shows and then like 30 seconds after we broke up, she's in a band. And I'm like, God damn it, that's bullshit. <laughs> that really pissed uh, me off. So what is Spike? Is Spike a cool guy that has his own apartment and waits behind a tree for you when you come from work? From work? Is he a vampire that's selling demon eggs for cash in order to make a few bucks on the side? Why isn't this show just about Spike? <laughs> <laughs> Spike seems like a weird, interesting guy with a lot going on. <laughs> Why isn't this show just about Spike? Yeah, Spike can... is, is it already all about Spike? Is it just about Spike? This might be I season think... Spike. <laughs> For some fans, it definitely is. Um, yeah, Spike contains multitudes. That's what we learned this episode. He's not as thick as you dumb I am. Well, can we, can, can we do, let, let's quick, quickly reframe what we know about Spike, right? We've had enough flashbacks, right? So he was like a failed poet, right? It was like 1880-ish, right? He was from England. 
Drusilla made him a vampire. He was kind of a bumbling idiot, right? That's how he was sort of portrayed. Yeah. I mean, an aesthete, right? Like, you know, a poet. Okay. But he didn't seem like a really particularly smart poet, right? <laughs> yeah, no, he was uh, a man who didn't have to work. Okay. And spent his time trying to write poetry, but with no real okay. life experience. So may- maybe we should assume he did have an education then. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess I've been thinking he's a lot dumber than he, than he should be, or he has a lot less education than he, than he should. It's, that's interesting. Well, I think the Spike persona, like, because the Spike persona he adopted was like the reverse of who William was, right? Right. He puts like on a rebellious, like... Rebellious type persona. Yeah, and he puts on a like more lower class accent, all that. So he probably like purposely rejected planning and like like overthinking things. And he was like trying to embrace this live in the moment attitude mm. that became his like persona for like a hundred years. Right. Um, but we know like he is a bit of a planner. Like he makes plan like back in season two, he was making plans for how to kill Buffy. He was doing stuff like recording her fighting style so he could figure it out. All that stuff. Who is he is a good question. I don't have any more of an answer than that. I mean, the show is making us obsessed with them, right? They're like, look at this weird. He's like a compellingly interesting character that is constantly up to something like, but it only gives us so much access, right? We just like, like the kitten trading, right? Or the kitten poker, right? Just like he gives us access to this kind of funky demon world that doesn't exist on angel or it's like just a level of comedy kind of brought to it it's like dark but silly it's like that world is special and it's like i don't know spike spike's world's interesting what is he the fact that the show is both so critical of him and then also like loves loves celebrating kind of the weird world that he lives in yeah it definitely feels like this is season spike i guess is what what you're saying have we had just a spike focused episode like where we where it wakes up with him waking up we've never had a truly spike focused episode uh, no. he told this story of like his killing all the slayers and stuff i mean that was like as spike that's focused true as you get, that was right? pretty yeah. close and that something was, blue yeah. something blue was like spike and buffy focused right yeah i would love like a, a zeppo style data's day kind of like uh the, the the daily life of spike what does he get up to from from uh, dusk till dawn? I suppose. Yeah. How yeah, often great. is he stalking Buffy without her noticing? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. Make it a comic. I'd watch that. Yeah, or read that. Uh, so we don't have themes and deep stuff this week because I feel like we kind of covered it within everything else. Uh, do yeah. we want to do? Um, where do we go from here now? Before we do recommendations. Where do we go from here? So I have an idea for where do we go from here. Buffy, someday will end, but our friendship will not. So what's our next podcast or other project idea? And I'm going to pitch Sonic the Hedgehog. Because we brought it up this week. Um, Sonic, not only a video game and Sega mascot, Sonic has a huge huge decades long comic history movie history a lot to explore um i've never really super gotten into sonic but i have friends who read the archie comics for years who were really into it who were super into like the early sonic fandom on early internet 
Um, and knowing that really fascinated me. And uh, I just recently got sent a link to every British Sonic comic. And I find that super interesting because the American Archie Sonic comics were following this really large continuity that was kind of, you know, it involved kingdoms and multiverses and stuff and like weird stuff. Like when Sonic got his redesign, when he went from being like a cute little circle guy into like a more stretched out guy with green eyes, the way the comics handled it is they murdered the original Sonic and then a different Sonic from the multiverse showed up to take his place, which <laughs> feels so insane to me. Um, <laughs> so, but I know the British Sonic comics would be where we would start would start because I don't know anything about them. They're an entirely different continuity. Um, and they're the version where Sonic started out as a brown hedgehog and going the speed of sound turned him blue somehow. Um, so I'm kind of interested in, in that. And like, I know he has a different re re relationship to Robotnik in that series and stuff. Um, so that's my pitch is like, we start to read the Sonic British comics, but we do it with an overall sense of what is the Sonic universe. And we right. may be like, review a Sonic game every episode, stuff like that. So that's my pitch. Okay, I have a couple questions. Uh -huh. um, so first of all, uh, I have a sense, and I, I, please correct me if I am wrong, but my sense is that Sonic fandom, and I'm not saying that this, is, this makes or breaks my desire to do the podcast with you, but my sense is that Sonic fandom is definitely furry adjacent. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Just want to make sure that that's. I think right. a lot like, of people are horny for Sonic and Tails, yes. right? Right. Uh, Miles, okay. Tails, powers. And and also, I think kind of like you said, like like it's there is no canonical Sonic story. There's like there, there's there's a whole bunch of parallel ones, right? Yeah. There's not a single canonical Sonic, and I think what happens with the Archie comics is for years, whenever there was a new game or something, they had to write in the right. new characters in the, from that game into the main, if we call the Archie comics, the main Sonic universe, they had to like figure out how that fits with the new game, stuff like that introduced like shadow, the hedgehog and stuff. Cool. All right. That is definitely an idea. <laughs> For sure. An idea. <laughs> so and I'm curious with the furry adjacent stuff that John brought up. Cause I bet, is there a Sonic with boobs? Is there like a, there's a, um, he has a love interest in the comics and I think the same love interest in the Saturday morning series, which I have seen some episodes of. And she's yeah. Like, oh yeah, his, his name's Jim Carrey. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Princess Fiona or something like that. Maybe not Fiona, but like there's a squirrel princess who's got boobs. Because <laughs> I, I would think Amy Rose? Like... No, Amy Rose okay. is a different character. Okay. Because I, I have a cynical kind of thought that maybe this culture is built out of maybe one animal character with boobs that appears early on that transfixes the adolescent imagination. Or I just like, what? how do you build a kingdom out of Sonic about someone like jumping on platforms? You know what? Never mind. I'm sure there's a lot, a lot going on in this universe. Dude, I'm so curious, but I don't want to spend a year on this problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I, I, I did come up with another, with a, a where something off the top of my head just now, if you want to hear it. Go for it. Yeah. I guess you could call the podcast best and last wishes where we just talk to people about their funeral wishes and, uh, 
you can talk to strangers online and, and other people in our lives and get them on the podcast and uh, just help them out to make their, their last wishes their best wishes. Well, these are two ideas that don't belong in the same category. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't wait to see both those on a spreadsheet, baby. <laughs> yeah, I need to start this spreadsheet before we start forgetting things. Wait, best and last wishes? So it's we're trying to improve their last wishes by getting them to like talk them through? Yeah, yeah. And this is the, think... like when you die, what you want to have happen? Or Probably. The... Okay. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah. Dude, that's a bomb idea. Like, like right? Because when when do you have good. those conversations? Like, you never yeah. have them in time. No, and you you see it when you go to the cemetery. All those weird headstones with the like etched image of someone who's like an like a grandma. You're like, grandma wouldn't want the picture of her as a grandma as her photo as yeah. her image on this thing. Who would do that? Someone who remembers grandma would do that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would say most people do not have this figured out, like what they want to have happen when they die. I think that's a great subject for uh, exploration about how you lived. And yeah, that would be really crazy. What's the title of this podcast again? Best and Last Wishes, I believe. But I'd like to hear Travis say it. (laughs) Your best and last wishes. Oh, I vote that you just keep this effect on your voice when we do this podcast. One member, of our, one member of our podcast doesn't want his identity known, so his voice <laughs> has been altered. Despite being doxxed again and again on the podcast, somehow he, he thinks he'll avoid detection that way. I'm um, curious if this is just in the Zoom call or in the Audacity recording also, so I'm interested to hear this back. Uh, Dennis, is there a title that you're proposing for your Sonic podcast? Oh, uh way past cool that is a very good title oh yes that's it was partially inspired by my friend dane martin and his obsession with sonic and he just recently posted some sonic fan art that cracked me up for like an hour because it was sonic talking about his religious views and he was like we were all born way past cool and like by the (laughs) like then by the time we die like you know we don't have the honor of being alive anymore and there's no more cool um, and then the next panel was Tails being like, shut the fuck up. I'm the one who went to college. <laughs> like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> Sounds like Tails is, uh, is, uh, is Sonic's supervisor at the fast food restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You guys want to uh, move on to recommendations? Recommendations. Yeah. All right, so this was a weird batch for Rex for me this week. Um, so The Thin Man, because of the Nick and Nora Charles uh, references, it's, there's an entire series of them. And it's funny that they all, they're all like the return of The Thin Man, et cetera, et cetera, because The Thin Man is technically the guy they're looking for in the first movie, and he never really returns. But the series is really great. Like in later, uh, Jimmy Stewart is in like a, a later one. And, but the first one is just so solid, and they're such a charming couple. And the, the amount of witty back and forth they have makes Buffy look like lazy. Um, And they have a cute dog named Aster. Uh, It's a really great series. Um, I'm going to recommend also the movie Ticks because there were giant ticks on this movie. The movie Ticks has giant ticks uh, and a young Seth Green um, and Clint Howard. Uh, I'm going to recommend Masters of the Universe because of our makeup man, uh, Todd McIntosh. Um, 
a movie from our childhood that uh, aside from the makeup probably doesn't stand the test of time, but it's got Dolph Lundgren. And uh, because of Riley's wife, Sam, I'm going to recommend Casino Royale. And then I have a single recommendation, and that is the band Trespassers Williams, which was also featured in this episode. Hmm. Nice, nice. It had been featured before. Were they at the bronze? No, they were... They were, I, I don't remember. It was towards the two-thirds way through. Two-thirds or three-fourths way through. Let's do some predictions. Let's find out what, what the points are. Virgin Predictions. Okie dokie. So, Michael Poli, at present... Your uh, overall score is at a 64.05. Your score for uh, season uh, six here is at a 73.47, thus making it your second most accurately predicted season overall so far, um, just behind season two. So uh, let's see what we can do with that. Um, So scrolling through here. So, Michael, uh, back in season two, episode 16, you predicted that people will remember being in love with Xander. Uh, you pointed this one out, uh, I think, because, uh, you know, Willow, of course, remembers that she was once in, in, uh, in love with Xander. I think that I'm going to go ahead and suggest that we leave this one open uh, for now, um, partly because uh, this is referring to uh, something rel- relatively specific, which is the spell. But... More than that, because it is really more about the you know the light of the law than 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 that. Um, it says people, and Willow is uh, not people; she is a person. So since so if Dawn if had Dawn chimed had, in, yeah, yeah, maybe we there'd be a case to be made here. But uh, since Willow is only one person, uh, my camera's going so, out again. That is so deeply um, interesting <laughs> as an interpretation. People versus person. <laughs> Well, I can't wait for you to get that uh, that job working with Mitch McConnell, John. I'm really proud of you, dude, for really oh. uh, for working and uh, getting that job in the Senate, dude. I'm so proud you, of you, man. You know how to wound me. Goodness gracious. Okay. Uh, season four, episode five, uh, we predicted, Michael, you predicted that Riley will be killed by a vampire. I'm sorry. I don't know why that one's highlighted. We're going to skip that one because he's still alive and he could still be killed by a vampire at any time. Uh, but this one, definitely. Uh Michael, you predicted that Riley will start attending school like nothing happened. And I think at this point, like we've been kind of, this is when we weren't really sure when to talk about this, right? But I think at this point we can say he's not going to go back to his TA job. <laughs> I think this can probably be the time where we say that uh, that one is denied. Yeah. All right, Michael, season five, episode 11, you predicted that Riley will return from Belize, brackets, the jungle, and Buffy will have moved on. Uh, so. Definitely, Riley has come back from the jungle. That part is not up for debate. Has Buffy moved on, and what does it mean to have moved on? What do you guys think? I think this. I, I'm leaning towards confirming this one. Yeah, she yeah, has moved on. She's moved yeah. on in exactly the way Sam says of like <laughs> better the wrong guy than or better the yeah, reverse no of what no, Sam says. No guy than the wrong guy. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, uh, Michael, you predicted along with that that Riley will return for at least one episode. And so he has. So then well done on that. Okay. And then I think just one more here. Uh, Michael, you predicted, this is a super prediction, in fact, that Buffy and Spike will break up in season six. And this is what we've been having kind of a hard time with because uh, 
it's never been really clear if they were together or not. And therefore, and they always seem to be, they seem to be always breaking up. But I think this episode has a very clear breakup moment that makes me feel comfortable confirming this one, even though it's a super prediction. It's going to do good things for you. <laughs> so who wouldn't want that? <laughs> I like that the person who's uh, legally running the system wants to lose. Has, has a personal vested stake in the outcome, it sounds like. <laughs> no, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and confirm that one because, you know, you got to be fair. Okay, so with that super uh, confirmation... I just oh, want to point out, sorry, you've been calling um, uh, these season five instead of season six. Oh, um, thank you. For affecting... Good the, uh, call. That will break the spreadsheet. I don't put that in accurately. Thank you. With all that said and done, Michael, your overall accuracy is now at a 64.81. And your accuracy for this season is up to a 73.58. Uh, there were a couple that I thought didn't get addressed here. Um, okay. Season five, episode ten. I got this. Uh, we aren't going to hear about what happened in Belize. Oh, oh good call. Nice. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, I did. I totally missed that one. This one actually is probably for the Angel episode, but I don't think we addressed it. That Angel will kill Darla again. <laughs> I guess that could still happen. <laughs> Wait, did we not address that? We definitely should have. That should be denied, right? Because Darla killed yeah. Darla. What's Darla on Darla violence? Oh, and that's a super. Right. You love denying those, John. I don't know what you're talking about. It's so on the was... tape, man. <laughs> <laughs> Roll tape. Roll tape. <laughs> you gained a confirmation for season six, so that actually went up uh, to a 74.07. You are within one percentage point of this being your best season ever for predictions. All right. I guess it's time for more predictions. Prediction one. I believe, and this is a you know, we'll see at the end of the show kind of prediction, but Riley and Sam live happily ever after together. This seems like a match for the ages, guys. James Bond Jr. and someone from the James Bond franchise finally <laughs> connecting. Uh, second prediction, I believe Buffy has actually quit her job at the Double Meat Palace. I think that was an actual quit that took place. Third prediction, at least one human and one demon will develop a relationship at Anya and Xander's wedding. Now, I want to be like, kind of vague about this i was going to be more specific but i just think like humans and demons coming together there's going to be some more opportunities for human demon kind of pairings would, would a hookup count i'm not going to isn't... use the phrase hookup okay i mean okay would a one night stand count for this or yes that would count i mean oh you guys are going to do it on relationship okay yeah what please help me understand how to say uh, <laughs> that there'll be like a connection an intimate connection okay yeah we should create uh yeah we should have before this created some sort of language for okay a human and a demon will develop an intimate connection at anya zander's wedding that could be just dancing together touching kissing having sex and then never talking again that's fine it's just an intimate connection between two very different worlds fourth one here Buffy gets a new job in season six, not at the Double Meat Palace, um, just a new job. I don't want to say if it's part-time or full-time. I'm just going to say new job. And then the super prediction, Buffy and Spike will have sex again after season six, episode 15. <laughs> <laughs> super. All right, guys. I think that's all she wrote. 
I've been your host, uh, Dennis St. John. You can find me at Dennis Comics. That is at D-E-N-I-S-C-O-M-I-X. That's my Twitter, Instagram, and my dot .com. Uh, I got a lot of monster comics. Um, they're fun if you like Buffy and you like monsters and you like a guy obsessed with monsters. Uh, and I want to thank you one and all for listening and talking to us at Buffy Virgin. You can rate us and subscribe and we would be so happy you can watch us on youtube our twitter is at buffy virgin pod instagram is buffy virgin and we'll see you in hell